Welcome to They Teach That, a podcast about film, video, and TV production programs in our schools. I'm your host, Kevin Patterson. All right, if you've ever been to a convention like STN or NSPA and JEA, or maybe something on a state or regional level, uh, there are usually various contests you can participate in, and then at the closing ceremony, they'll announce the winners. And sometimes there's that one school whose name you'll hear winning awards seemingly way more than anyone else. And you're just like, who are those guys? Well, today's guest is the advisor of a program whose name you're possibly familiar with for that reason. Uh, Omar Delgado is the advisor for CCNN Live at Christopher Columbus High School in Miami, Florida. Uh, He's actually one of two advisors for that program, as you'll hear us mention. Rather than tell you all that Christopher Columbus has won, it would probably be quicker to list the things that they haven't won. Uh, They've dominated contests at the state and national level, including a leading nine awards at the 2018 STN Spring Nationals. In our conversation, you'll hear us talk about an organization called FSPA, and that stands for the Florida Scholastic Press Association. Uh, I remember my first year teaching, um, going to my first FSPA convention, and Christopher Columbus was that school that I kept hearing winning different awards. And I didn't know who they were at the time, but I soon found out in the coming years. Uh, At the 2017 FSPA convention, I think they had somewhere in the vicinity of a dozen contests categories where they uh, they were named best in the state, which is just a, a crazy accomplishment. Um, but the big takeaway to really understand about Christopher Columbus is just the level of buy-in that their kids have. Uh, it's definitely an all-in mentality, and they work really hard, not just for themselves, but, but for each other. Um, they work really hard to produce the quality content that, that they do. Uh, so in this episode, you'll hear us discuss, amongst many things, the family mentality of their program. Um, I don't think the kids want to let their partners down. So it's very much like, I got your back, I'm gonna do everything to make sure that what we produce is gonna be extraordinary. I'm expecting the same from you. How they hold themselves to a high standard. If Mr. Ogato is being hard on you, that means he sees something in you. Don't take that as something negative, take it as something positive. If he stops, being really hard on you, then you know that you're not, so he doesn't see it in you. And the value of being in community with schools in your area. Competition is great. It's a great motivator for kids. Um, it definitely works at Columbus, but the camaraderie and, and, and knowing uh, kids from other schools and, and you know, we compliment each other, we cheer each other on when we win awards. I've seen the passion that Omar has for his program, but also he doesn't hesitate to help out another teacher or program and just really believes in networking amongst other schools, not just for him, but but for his kids. Uh, when I first launched this podcast, Omar, along with Sean Phillips at Blake High School near Tampa, uh, they were the first two to message me and just express their excitement for the series and, and offer encouragement for doing this. Uh, and so I'm excited to bring Omar on to be a part of it. Uh, and so without further ado, let's get started. I am here with Omar Delgado from Christopher Columbus High School in Miami. Omar, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's the last day of school. I'm getting ready for summer. Yeah. So this is the uh, the first interview that I'm recording in 2018. Everything so far has been from last year. So it's been about 10 months since I've done this. So Omar, I apologize if I'm a little rusty in the, you know, my, my question asking and whatnot. But um, yeah, let's get to this. First interview of 2018. So uh, Omar, you teach at Christopher, I'm sorry, Christopher Columbus uh, High School which is a, uh, it's a yes. different school. It's an, an, a 
private all-boys school, correct? Yes, we are a private all-boy Marist High School. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about the culture of Christopher Columbus and um, just kind of maybe how it differs from uh, from other schools and just kind of, you know, if you were to explain like what your school is and what it's all about to, to somebody, how would you explain Christopher Columbus High School? To explain Christopher Columbus High School, I guess I'm going to have to explain myself because I'm an alum, class of 1998. Um, it's the best thing that ever happened to me as a student. I, I, I came from a, a co-ed school in middle school and uh, I wasn't, wasn't the best student, <laughs> um, you know, and then I got to Columbus and I'll never forget my first day there. Um, I looked around and I was like, man, what would I usually do <laughs> in class? Because, you know, I feel like something's missing and, and it was the girls. I was distracted. Um, my grades significantly got better uh, as a freshman in high school. Um, I started actually being myself. Um, I wasn't trying to be someone I wasn't to impress girls. I was just, hey man, I like this subject. I'm going to try to be good at it. And I wasn't afraid of being made fun of or looking stupid if I said something um, that was wrong because in an all-boy atmosphere, looking stupid is part of the course. Um, <laughs> a bunch of guys get together. We just act like goofballs. And that's Columbus's culture. It's very much a brotherhood. It's very much... Um, a family, which is something I try to carry on into CCNN. Um, it's it's a fraternity. It's there's a lot of things that that you know boys do miss out on that they do catch up on you know when they get to college, which is how to interact with girls in class and how to uh, uh, be politically correct, which is a, a lot of the times in an all boy atmosphere that does not happen. But it's it's also a way for them to realize that I could be myself. Uh, I can like certain things that are not normal in a co-ed school and not be made fun of. Um, it, it's weird, man. It's very, it's hyper competitive because it's all boys and it's very much a family. Like, I, I don't know how, it, there's no way to really explain it. Put it in, there's no words that exist to tell you what Columbus is and what um, that all boy atmosphere is. But um, it's special, man. And I, I'm really, really happy to be part of it. Yeah, I definitely think it, that it's a, a special and, and unique thing that you are an alum uh, of Christopher Columbus. Um, so, you know, the culture is already kind of you know, is a part of you, um, is a part of your upbringing. Can you tell us how you're about your path uh, from graduating from Christopher Columbus and eventually becoming uh, a teacher and how you uh, became the advisor of, of CCNN Live? Okay, huh? that's an interesting story. Um, I love my school, like I said. Um, I had some of the best teachers ever. <laughs> some of them are my bosses now. Um, I never forget uh, my senior year in, in high school. I was taking speech with uh, one of the legends at Columbus. His name is Adam Scholder. Um, and I told Adam, give me five years and I'm going to be back here. I knew I wanted to teach at Columbus. I, I just, I felt like that was my home. Um, <laughs> the funny thing Columbus had back in the 90s, I still has, an excellent history department. And I had probably the best teacher of all time, uh, Mr. John Linsky. And he, uh, he taught history in a way that just, it felt like, like I was living it, like, like I was experiencing it. It was like a story, which is important in the future. I'll, t I'll, t I'll, bring, I'll circle back to that in a little bit. Um, and I, I graduated from, from Columbus and I wanted to become a history teacher. And um, that's when I got to college, I realized that I like history. <laughs> 
but I don't love history. I, I should have majored in, in media or, or in computer science or something like that. But since my experience was so good at Columbus, I actually got my bachelor's degree in history. Um, I graduated. I came back um, immediately. I literally just took five years off from Columbus and came right back. Um, I was hired as a history teacher and I taught history for my first six years, seven years. I taught world history and U.S. government. Um, how I got into CCNN is a funny story. It's not the norm. Um, when I was 2003, 2004, my best friend actually owns a travel agency. And he does, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Quinceañera Cruises, which is like a sweet 16 celebration, but a week-long event on a cruise. And, you know, quinceañeras down here in Miami are huge. And my best friend owns a travel agency. And he was like, I want you to be my videographer for these trips. You're great with kids. Um, you're techie. I'm sure you could pick up um, how to become a videographer rather quickly. And um, the money is great. And, you know, being a teacher, as you know, it's, <laughs> it's not the lifestyles of the rich is famous. So I was like, man, it's a great summer job. I get to go on cruises. I'm single. Great. Awesome. So I started becoming a videographer and uh, I actually, you know, I excelled at it. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I learned how to edit. I taught myself how to edit. I became Adobe certified afterwards. I taught self taught. Uh, I taught myself after effects. I taught myself Photoshop um, just because I wanted my videos to look very, very special. Um, I did that for three years. And in 2006, my principal back then, came up to me at the end of the year. He said, well, our, the, 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 the gentleman that runs CCNN Live, Mr. Sal Canella, legend at Columbus as well, is retiring. And no one else here knows anything about cameras, so it's your job. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, great, you know? And I, at first I just kind of did it like, all right, this is something that I'll just do, not thinking anything about it. I'll just go in the mornings, I'll run the show. I know camera work. It's just a show, not a big deal. I fell in love with it, Kevin. I, I, I fell in love with uh, the, 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 the nuances, the, the, just the daily activity, the back and forth with my kids. And <clears throat> I fell in love with the whole, I, 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 I went through a bunch of jobs at Columbus. I, I ran student government. I was a basketball coach for a while. I played basketball at Columbus. And I, I just love that for the first time in my time at Columbus, I had something that was mine. No one else's. I wasn't an assistant to somebody. I could run this program however I wanted. And from 2006 to 2008, we had a closet. <laughs> it was a little closet. I ran a morning show. Um, it was just morning announcements. And then we did Channel One. But I kind of changed the whole format of it. I made it fun. People started like liking our morning show because I brought a lot of comedy and a lot of humor because it's an odd boy atmosphere. Um, and then... An alumni came and said, we want to build a new technology building. We want to have a meeting with you. And I said, okay, great. And they're like, look, um, we're thinking about building you a TV studio. What do you think? And I said, awesome. Yeah, it's, let's do it. And they're like, okay, we're going to give you two options. One, we could just build you something like you have now. And you go on your merry way and, and doing it. Or two, we'll give you a blank check. You can get whatever you want. But you've got to start bringing prestige and awards to Columbus and this is coming from some pretty big time alum at, at Columbus so I was like whoa wow you know like a challenge awesome um I said okay so I took a step back 
And I thought about it and I said, all right, I want to take the second option. I want to get whatever I want. I want to start competing. Um, I'll find out, I'll find something to compete in. I, I didn't know anything about STN, FSPA, any of this stuff. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but my only concern is that I know how to edit. I know how to do production value. I know how to tell a story. I don't know journalism, right? But one of my good friends to this day, she's one of my best friends. She's my partner in crime. She's the silent partner because everyone knows me, but they don't know her because she's just quiet. Uh, Christina and Sue, I love her to death. I said, I want Chrissy to be my partner with CCNN because she can handle the journalism side of it and I'll handle the production side. They said, cool. I asked Christy. She loved it because she majored in print journalism in college. And we took over together in 2008. Uh, and in 2008, um, I guess that was the, the birth of the new CCNN. And the rest is history from that point on. Nice. Yeah, I would say your story is definitely probably more the norm than, than anything. I mean, it, a lot of teachers in our subject, as you know, listeners who've listened to the previous episodes, everyone just takes a, a unique path uh, to get where they're at. Nobody goes to goes off to college and decides, I'm going to be a TV production teacher. Like it, It's just something you end up doing either from one career field to another or whatever. Um, so it's it's just kind of where people end up and then they fall in love with, with what they're doing. Um, let, let's talk about Christina because that was something I, I, I didn't include in the notes that I sent you and I I, I did want to talk about though is um, uh, how that, that works with you and Christina uh, uh, both teaching in um, the, the class and kind of what your role is versus hers. I know you just mentioned how she's more the journalism, you more the you know, production and technical aspect of, of things. Um, but you know, just how your, um, I guess, relationship as a, as a, a, a duo, a set of team teachers, um, how that works and, and how that, that working relationship functions. Okay. Well, first and foremost, she's like my little sister. Uh, I love her to death. Um, I watch out for her like my little sister, my wife and her are friends. It's, it's really good because it's, um, she, she's honestly become one of my best friends. Um, it's my program. I, I, since I started CCNN, but she is, you know, any, any, accolades or any success we have comes from her as well because she really puts in you know a lot of time in it she's just not as um, uh, 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 people don't notice her because she's small in nature she doesn't really talk to people she just kind of keeps herself um but it's a great relationship we we talk we fight a lot we, i mean i'm talking about we, we go at it like cats and dogs but if she knows that it's coming from passion it's coming from someplace that we want to show our our best work um and, and our students know it. Our students play play off of each other. They know that if it's something that I'm going to like, they'll show it to me first. And then I'll go in with them to, to try to convince Christina or the Christina likes something first. And they'll go to her and then come to me. Um, it's all in good fun. Uh, she pushes me to become better and I push her to become better. So it's a great relationship between the two of us. Yeah. Um... There are times where I definitely think I, I, I'll look at what I'm doing and I think, man, I'm, sometimes I really feel like I'm uh, doing a two-person job. There are sometimes uh, things where it's like you know, it's, it's definitely helpful to have that second approach, that second person there. Um, even if it's different, that, that can be good for the kids to, to kind of have two different perspectives, two different angles um, to, to how they're learning. Especially with us. Sorry to cut you off. Especially with us because she's a woman. And sometimes we get into that mindset of just, very male machismo and she breaks that up for us all the time which is huge because when you're around a bunch of guys you i mean you know, you know how it is when you're with your buddies you're thinking one way and then she'll be like guys you, you can't say that <laughs> and we'll be like oh yeah that's right so it's great yeah 
Uh, let's talk a bit about, um, I guess, your kids and, and just the, the culture of success that you guys have, have built at CCNN. Um, you know, one thing that, that I've kind of wanted to ask you is, is uh, what, what factory you get these kids from? Because they, sometimes it just seems like the work that they're producing and the level of intensity they, they put into it, they're, they're more machine than, than teenage boys sometimes. Um, you know, it's just a, a, a program where you guys produce some just fantastic stuff. I mean, the things that, that we see that will get recognized both at the state and national level, it's just got a, a very incredible level of, of professionalism. Um, tell us about uh, the culture that you've kind of built and how it's evolved. You talked about, you know, how you know, the alumni came in and, and you know, wanted to, to donate to your program and, and you wanted to set you guys up for success. And you know, you, you had to build it kind of into what it is now. Um, what do you attribute the culture that you have now in 2018 to? And, um, you know, how, what would you say kind of has, has led to the success that you guys have had? Um, I think it's pretty simple. It just goes back to the school and it goes back to a family brotherhood. Um, that is how I was taught. That how That's how we played basketball back when I was in high school. Um, I don't think the kids want to let their partners down. So it's very much like... I got your back. I'm going to do everything to make sure that what we produce is going to be extraordinary. I'm expecting the same from you. And that at first when it started, when we first started FSPA, that was my, my, my jumping block. Um, we didn't know what we were doing. We just kind of learned as it went. But when we got it, it was very much my upperclassmen working very hard to create this. And then about, I would say, six years ago, the upperclassmen were like, this is not sustainable, the juniors and seniors doing this. So they started teaching my freshmen and sophomores from a very, very early on in the year. And it's peer-to-peer teaching. It's a lot. Chrissy and I are blessed because the seniors, their legacy is they tell the freshmen before they leave, you have to do better than what I did when I was here. And they hold them to it. My, my seniors and my alum keep on coming back. They, they talk. They get the number, their phone numbers. And there's we have an alumni chat that is now about 30 something kids deep that just they're always pushing each other and i'm talking about guys that are now working at political um producers in philadelphia down here in south florida um and they're just calling us back and calling the younger kids how are you doing what what's going on what's what 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 do you need from me and it's just pretty much everyone holds himself responsible to be at a level of excellence and um they, they, they hold to it. And, and now it's kind of just a machine that just rolls itself because I get freshmen coming in and um, that's why it's a little segue into my, my summer institute. Um, my freshmen and sophomores, when they were producing what, you know, the quality of work that I thought was great for freshmen and sophomores, they were like, let's start even younger. So we started the summer institute and now I have sixth, seventh and eighth graders in the summer coming in that are coming to Columbus for CCNN that are learning the basics. So... I'm not getting a freshman anymore that doesn't, I do, I still do get this, um, but I'm not, more, more times than not, we get a freshman that already knows how to edit, knows how to storyboard, knows how to write for TV because we taught them for three years and we just keep that ball rolling and we just keep trying to keep it rolling as long as possible um, to keep the level of success going. So that's, that's pretty much it. So tell us about the Summer Institute and what that's all about. Uh, so the Summer Institute, it's part um, fundraiser. It's part of building the program, the culture up. Um, what it is, it's a 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, uh, boys and girls, which is weird for me because I'm not used to teaching girls. Um, 
we just pretty much teach them the basics of writing, of editing and graphics, of uh, how to run a show, how to be an on-air personality, and how to use a DSLR camera. Um, it's two weeks. It's half a day. It's from 8 to 12. Um, the fees are a fundraiser. We usually, the Summer Institute pays for um, some of our new equipment that we purchase throughout the year. Um, and the speakers, I actually have an advantage because we do that thing called the Media Excellence Awards every year where it's like mm -hmm. a, it's a local Emmys. It's pretty cool. Um, and usually the winners are, come up to me and they're always like, if there's anything you want me to do to help out your kids, I'm like, ah, yes, there is. I have a summer institute. Do you mind coming and speaking to my camp? So I have two, uh, two young uh, uh, journalists that are on local news that are coming to speak. And it's just a way to get my, in, you know, my future explorers I hit, them, I hit the ground running with them when they're in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And then, uh, you know, we, it's also a fundraiser for us. So it's a pretty cool idea. It's not hard. It's just a lot of, you know, it's two weeks of your summer that you got to give up. And, uh, but it really does help your program grow. I want to ask, what, what would you say to a teacher? It, it, let's say a teacher that's just starting out um, and they just had a year in a program and the culture is just so lethargic. Like the kids don't care. They're not interested. Um, what would you recommend to that teacher? I mean, when you first realized, okay, we want to make this program a serious program, you know, what steps did you have to initially take to really get the culture to what it is today? What would you recommend to a teacher who you know, is in a situation where the culture is just, just really bad uh, at their school and in specifically in their program um, to really kind of start taking the steps towards uh, helping the kids take what they're doing seriously? Okay, so I would tell them, um, besides joining organizations like FSPA and STN, which help out um, huge, in my opinion, um, if your culture is not where you want it to be, I would say find the identity of the school and build your program through that identity. So what I mean by that is Columbus is very much family. It's very much brotherhood, and it's a sp before CCNN, all Columbus was known as was a sports school. So I decided to build my program through the sports program. I said, okay, kids like sports. I'm going to build up our sports side of things first. And from there, it'll spill out into everything else. So I decided to start covering football like no one else was covering football in South Florida. I remember back in, in 2008, 2009, um, I had a kid named Peter Rees and this kid named Tito Benach who are now working in, you know, in sports areas and journalism. Um, I would tell them, I want you on the sideline and I want you to tweet every single play out. I want you to be, I want people to be able to read our Twitter feed and feel like they're at the game and they would, they would love it, you know, and they'd be on there and they'd be fighting with each other. Who's going to cover the game that day. And then that led into, well, you know what we should have besides someone tweeting here, we should have someone on the sideline taking footage. I was like, awesome idea. Let's do that. And then I got someone on the sideline filming, you know, highlight, you know, of the game. And then, um. In 2010, I was approached by NFHS, and they were like, hey, we have this really cool program that lets you stream these football games on the internet. And I was like, awesome, let's do it. <laughs> so then I had people on the sideline covering the games, and then, you know, for the first time ever, we started broadcasting our football games. And then at, in the beginning, it was just a cameraman and a guy with a laptop, and we were just doing that. And then the next year, I had a kid come up to me and said, hey, I want to do play-by-play -play color commentary. Let's do that. Great. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, that started building up and then I had a kid come. Well, you know, we should have a, a highlight uh, little package for the show on Monday. I'm like, great. 
Why don't you guys come with the guy on the camera on the sideline and while the game's going on, take some footage and do a little package for Monday. And then that built into, okay, great. Now I have a package for uh, our show the next day uh, on Monday. And then I had a kid come up to me and said, hey, man, you know how we kind of do these packages for footballs and recaps? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I, I have a sneak preview to this movie coming up. And I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was a movie called Beastly um, with Vanessa Hutchins. And he, I was like, okay. And he was like, do you mind if I do like a little opening night preview? I was like, that's great. And then that led into our entertainment side growing up. And then people were covering our plays. And then I had another kid that was really into politics. And he was like, hey, I want to do this with, uh, with, you know, with some political news. And I was like, awesome. And that's how we kind of grew. And I just kind of grew it through sports. And then it spilled over into everything else. Um, and everything else just started growing, you know. And then I started holding them to a higher standard. People think I'm crazy when they see what I tell them. I, I, and, and I'm an open book. And I will tell you, I will tell anyone that's listening to this podcast, you can email me, ccnlive at columbushs.com, and I'm an open book. I'll tell you exactly what I do. I'll sit down and have a conversation with you. I've done it with teachers around the country. Um, it, it's, it's, the reason I am the way I am is because I, I know what I do and I know the, the kind of work that I expect from my kids, and I don't let them fail at it. I tell them that here's the, the level you have to hit, and I expect them to hit it. So that's what I would tell the teacher that's trying to build culture. If your school is an art school, build up your news program through your arts program, and let's spill out to everything else. If, you, if your kids are really big into you know, being political activists, then do it that way. But find your school's identity, and then work through there, and you know, you know, become your own identity. Yeah, and you guys uh, not only you know you're not only just do you guys get out and, and cover your sports, but you um uh, as you mentioned you you regularly live stream a lot of your stuff, and you guys have become uh, pretty prominent for your your live stream coverage of your sports uh, games. I know that um NFH uh, NFHS Network recognized you guys as the was it the uh, uh, I, I don't I forget how what they call it. is it the award for best overall program or, or something to that effect I I forget what their this award was called this year we won for best um, morning show because we our morning shows aired at, on nfhs.com every morning and uh, in the past we've also won an award for best original uh, program because we do a little part of the interruption I got that idea from FSPA contest and my boys actually do a show called Part of Interruption and we submitted it for an award. That way as well. Yeah, I mean, it, what would you say to? So let's go a little bit more into the the sports. Um, your kids just seem uh, just from following on Twitter and seeing what you guys you guys do. Uh, your kids really devote a lot of time outside of the, the the classroom to what they're doing. I mean, they are at these games. They know exactly what's going on. Like they're very well versed, uh, you know, in in what's happening with the sports teams. And as you said, that's a big part of the culture. Uh, of Christopher Columbus High School, um, how what what would you say to a teacher who's struggling to get their students, uh, you know, out? I guess to spend time outside of the classroom, um, in and and you know, how has that become a big part uh, of you know your program and getting your kids to really invest and realize that look, what you're doing is not just this allotted time that you have during the school day. Uh, what you're doing is is really you know needs to be done outside of of these four walls. Um, you know how how has that become uh, a, a big part of what you guys do? Well, first and foremost, it took time. It wasn't an overnight thing, so it's going to take time to get to that point. Um, 
And another thing that I think I have an advantage of is we're, we're relatively a small school in the aspect, we're 1,700 boys, which, I mean, I know it's a lot of boys, but when it comes to <laughs> some other schools, like, we don't have the, the classes offered that some other public schools offer. Like, I don't just teach TV. I teach American history. I teach world history. I teach television film production. I teach video editing, Photoshop, <laughs> and Christina teaches journalism one, two, and three, but she also has English classes that she teaches. Um, so the th important thing for us is that we're a club first. So everyone, there's a bunch of kids that just joined the club because this is something that they want to do. It's something that they're interested in. So it's kind of like going out for the basketball team or the football team. It's something that you are doing because you wanted to do it. So we opened it up as a club. CCN Live is a club. And then while you participate in the club freshman year because there's no classes offered for any freshman um you decide whether what you want to just continue in ccnn as a club member or if you want to really get into the nitty-gritty of it and start taking the classes with christina and i um and that's kind of how we get people to just go outside the walls because they joined up on it uh, for this because it was something that they were interested in they weren't just thrown into it as an elective and they were just trying to uh you know, all right, I just took this class. It seems easy. I want to I want to pass it. It's no, they took it because they they want to get better at the club aspect of it. So they're taking the classes to, to do that better. It's kind of like if you're a football player and they offered a class on how to block better, you know what I'm saying? You would take that class if you're an offensive lineman because you want to learn how to block better or a running back. So it's kind of the same thing at Columbus. They join CCNN and then they take our classes to get better at CCNN. So when I tell them, hey, I need people at this football game on Friday night, they are trying to all fight each other to be the guy that I choose. Um, and it's kind of getting crazy now because now we're covering not only our varsity sports, but our JV sports, our freshman sports, because you know the club has grown in popularity, which I love. It's just sometimes it's very overwhelming now because we're 75 deep now in our club that uh, kids just all wanting to cover different events all the time. Do you find that a lot of a lot of those kids um, have more of an interest in content and writing, or more of an interest in the technical side? And I'm just kind of curious because with being a, an all boys school, I, I tend to find that my boys in general just tend to lean towards technical side. They're not as interested in being in front of the camera. They're they're not as interested in writing. And a lot of my best writers and and on camera personalities tend to be female. Um, you guys definitely do not struggle in uh, on-camera personalities. Um, so, but I'm just kind of curious in general, what, what do you find tends to be more popular amongst the guys at your school? Um, it's, 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 uh, it's an unfair advantage I have that we're an all-boys school when it comes to that. Um, I think that when you're around girls and you get in front, you got to kind of turn it on when you're in front of the TV, right? When you're in front of the camera, you got to put on your, your, your anchor personality, you know? And, um, it might be hard for a boy to do that when he's surrounded by girls to just put on this, hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to, you know. Um, but at Columbus, it's not like that. It's it's kind of like the opposite. It's kind of like, man, they look at the, like, my, well, I had two of the best anchors, I think, in the nation this year between Chris Arndt and Gonzalo Londonio because they just, they had something I couldn't teach. I mean, they were just naturals at it. And I have other young kids looking at them like, I want to do that now, you know? So it's not more of a, I'm embarrassed to be in front of the camera. It's more like, a, this is just another aspect that I can be good at. And I have a lot of kids that are in drama 
that joined CCNN because they just want more airtime, and they kind of joined CCNN as an actor, and they, their their honor persona is 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 an, they're they're like acting. So it's very, very split down the middle. I have a lot of on-air personas. I have a lot of writers. I have kids that just joined CCNN that just want to write. And that's the most important thing we teach at CCNN. You got to know how to write. You got to know how to write for broadcast. You got to know how to write for print. Because without that, you don't have the foundation of, of, of being a good journalist. So I'm kind of curious, uh, talking about writing and content. So you said Christina teaches uh, uh, some English classes. Do you guys find that to kind of sometimes be a stepping stone, getting kids from those English classes and writing into your class? Yeah, even in my world history classes. Like if I, if I give a project, you know, Christy and I are very project-based learning teachers, right? So we give, um, we give a lot of projects and, and, I, and I make the kids perform in front of me. And the kids that are the best, I definitely come up to them and like, hey, have you ever thought about joining CCNN? You know, and I use that as a springboard to, to get them. Some of my best kids join CCNN when they're, at the end of their sophomore year or, or starting junior year because they didn't really want to join it because, you know, the whole, uh, I don't want to be a TV kid. Come on. You know, like I want to be a jock at Christopher Columbus High School. That's hard to break sometimes. Um, but when they do it and they come back, they, I always get the same thing. They're like, man, I wish I would have done this for all four years because it was one of the best experiences I ever had. So, yeah, we definitely use our English classes and our history classes as springboards to, uh, to get more kids to join CCNN. Yeah, that, that's something I, I know I specifically remember of my high school and college experiences was that the things that I came in and started freshman year thinking I'd be interested in, I wasn't necessarily interested in by the time I got to my sophomore or junior year, and it, it just kind of evolves, and you kind of figure out what it is that you're going to be interested in, um, yeah. and and that's something that I, I wish I could do more often, I just, you know, because my I'm so isolated from the rest of my campus, is being able to talk to kids, other kids on campus and encourage them like, hey, you know, give, give this a try. Check this out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's weird that we ask kids to decide what they want to be the rest of their life at 18. <laughs> I mean, I was 30-something before I realized, man, this is what I, what I want to do uh, for the rest of my I got my master's in educational technology because I wanted to just know how to use technology better to make CCNN better. But it's, I mean, that's the way the system's set up, so. <laughs> now, we've talked a lot about the, the mentioned the success, some of the success that you guys have had, um, and, and I, I do want to mention it, you, you, you mentioned one of your students, Christopher, er, I, how do you pronounce his last name, Arndt? Arndt, yeah. Arndt, okay, Arndt, um, and, you know, he was a finalist for uh, Statewide Broadcast Journalist of the Year here in Florida, um, and you guys seem to have students who regularly are achieving a lot on an individual basis. They are regularly producing videos as a group that, that are um, incredibly successful. Um, but how do you approach situations where a student you know, might uh, uh, you know, kind of have a letdown in, in what they produce and what they come back with? Um, or, or maybe they're just not quite giving it their all. You know that they're capable of more. Um, I, I went to a really great session that, that you had at the Florida Scholastic Press Convention, um, and you were breaking down um, a couple of the videos that, that your students had done, and, um, and I thought it was really interesting that you were pointing out uh, you know, things, things other teachers might have that you really felt like your uh, students could have done better, and that you knew that they were capable of more, and really pushing them um, to, to, lit, to, I guess, to produce at their full potential. Um, how do you approach a situation when you know you have a student who uh, knows that that they didn't quite reach their their full potential? How do you evolve that into a a, a teaching moment? Okay, I, I will I will tell you this. Um, I am brutally honest, and I, I'm not mean. I don't think. I hope they don't they don't think I'm mean. Um, but I'm brutally honest. So 
the, the kids know that when they're about to show me something, I'm not going to judge them as a high school kid. I'm going to judge them as professionals. Um, and uh, I, I break it down and I tell them, look, this is terrible. You know not to do this. You know not to do that. This, uh, this lead, the, the way you wrote this intro was, was kind of lazy. Um, and I just tell them you know, all the time that if it's something that you're, when you're about to show me, if you tell me that it's done, you better be confident. Because you know that I'm even if it's done, I'm gonna find something to to make it look even better. So when kids don't meet, don't get me wrong, Kevin, I've had kids that can't handle it, and and haven't been able to make it through the program. Um, but the kids that do make it through the program, um, they the first thing they tell you, tell me, and I you know we just had our, our senior goodbye, and 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 I really appreciate Christopher saying this. He um he did a little video and he told all the kids. If Mr. Ogato is being hard on you, that means he sees something in you. Don't take that as something negative. Take it as something positive. If he stops being really hard on you, then you know that you're not, he doesn't see it in you. And they kind of just, they want to get that approval. And they, they try to fight for it from between me and Christy. And it's the culture that we build in there that they want to make, I guess they kind of want to make us happy. And they know that if they make us happy, then it's probably going to do pretty well on the state and national level. So I guess that's the best way I can answer it for you. The kids, the kids that, that, that don't do it um, to the best of their expectations, um, they either stop doing it altogether or they keep on working at it, working at it. And, you know, it's like, kind of like beating, a, you know, a, a, what's that, the saying, beating a dead horse or something like that. Like they just keep on working on it until they get it eventually. Yeah, I, that's a tough balance. I think that a lot of teachers have is we we want to be nice and and be nurturing to our students, but at the same time, like we have to also push them to to do their best. Um, and, and you know, sometimes realize that we are their their teacher. We're we're their boss because you know school is their their job, and and we're their boss. And um, and and we you know, and to some extent, do have to be uh, tough on them and really uh, push them and. Um, you know, I, I think that's something I, I, I tend to lean more the other way. I'm probably just too nice sometimes to my students. And there are times looking back where I kept thinking, you know, I really wish I'd, I'd pushed maybe the, that student or this group of students to, to do, uh, something that they didn't, they didn't accomplish that year that I felt like they were capable of. Um, so that's always something that's definitely a tough balance. You'd be surprised. Um, I, I think that as human beings, we just kind of want to be nice to each I really believe that we just want to be nice to each other. Right. But kids are not looking for that. You think they might want that, but they want to be told how to improve. They're not, they don't want to be told that they're the, the greatest thing the, since sliced bread. They want to be told, you have to get better. You're not there. Um, that was one of my biggest things with Gonzalo this year. He's just naturally talented. Like There's very little things that I can tell that kid to do that makes him better. But I always kept on telling him, don't just think that you go wake up, wake up get out of bed, and be excellent. Because you might be doing that now in high school, but in college, there's a million Gonzalo Londonios. And what's going to be the difference between you and them is that you're going to work harder than them. And I keep on trying to put that in them. You know, I, I get a lot of kids at FSPA that tell me, and they send me their work from other schools. Uh, Maria Molina and I have a great relationship in American Heritage, and she sends me her kids' work, and they know that if it's being sent to me, they're about to get ripped. And she knows it. And then sometimes I send my work to her, and my kids know that when Miss Molina gets it, she's going to rip it apart. So it's, it's, we hold them to a very high standard. 
I, I think I said this at FSPA. I, I make FSPA my floor, not my ceiling. And I love F- FSPA. I think it's a great organization. But I, my kids shouldn't be wanting to just win at FSPA. They should just they should try to win at STN uh, for the Suncoast Emmys, for NSPA. That's what their, their goal should be, something on a national level, not just on a state and district level. Going off of that, what just in general, how would you define your, I guess, your guiding philosophy as a teacher, your, your approach to the classroom. Um, you know, we're just talking about how, you know, you really want to push your students um, to, to be their best selves, to, to realize that they're capable of, of you know, uh, of winning at the national level, to realize that they are capable of, of doing great things. Um, you, what, how would you kind of, if you were just in a, a kind of define your, if you were to define your, your overall guiding philosophy to your approach to your classroom and, and how you, you teach your kids, um, you know, how would you describe that? And some of it you may have already touched upon, but um, is there any other way that you'd kind of describe that? When you walk into my classroom, I have a big quote on my wall. It's from Aristotle. And it says, we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence is not an act, but a habit. And uh, I think that's, that's pretty much sums up how I teach and how I run CCNN. Um, you want to be excellent? It's not something that you, you know, you got to work at it. And it's, it, it, excellence will become a habit because you do it so much and you repeat it so much that it's just something that's going to come out of you. Uh, but it's something you got to work at. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about your programs, I guess, your, your influence and your role uh, as part of the, the campus as a whole. Um, so first things first, you guys are a live broadcast each and every day. Um, can you, I guess, tell us about the decision to make your program uh, a live broadcast when there's all sorts of challenges to going live. I, I know there's just tons of schools that I, I'm one of them who would say like, no, I don't ever want to do a, a live show. There, there's definitely learning benefits doing a live show, um, but I don't want to go there with with having to do that each morning. Um, tell us about the decision to go live, and is that something that you guys always have been since you started the program, or did you uh, uh, make the decision to go live? And, and what do you see as the the benefit? Um, to why you continue to do that each and every year? It, it is not easy. I will tell you that right now. It's not easy. It was inherited. Uh, we were just a live school announcement show every morning, and it decided to continue it when we w- moved into our new studio back in 2008. Um, my principal back then said, if you're going to get this new studio, we're no longer going to use Channel One News. You better cover everything because that's going to be the only news source for the school. Um, <laughs> it... um. It, the, the biggest challenge I have is we are the only club on campus that the whole school gets to see what we're doing every single day. So we get judged differently than everyone else. You know, the drama club, you're behind closed doors rehearsing. And the only time that people get to see it is when you're on stage. We're, we're baptism by fire. <laughs> you know, if you're not prepared one day and you mess up, the whole school sees it. And Columbus is... Takes it's like it's like Cobra Cry, no mercy. <laughs> like they are going to let you know that you messed up over and over and over again. So it's a, it's a, again it's, it kind of deals with our whole philosophy. You you got to be ready. You got to be ready to perform because it's a high level of of of. It's they expect a lot at the school and man, it's not easy. The kids get we go live at seven forty five. My kids get there at six thirty in the morning. I'm usually there on six fifteen and we. Start preparing for the day. Miss um, Insua's uh, class writes the stories. That's part of their homework every night. She breaks them up between uh, world news, entertainment, school news, and sports. And they have to write a 75-word 
story every day for the show. The editors get them in the morning. They pick the stories that they want. They put it on a rundown. We find our photos to, to match up what the, the anchors are saying. The anchors have the script ready to go by 7 o'clock. And then they just practice until 7.45 and then we go live. It's crazy. It's controlled chaos there in the morning. That's the only way I can say it. Like everyone knows in the, in the, in the faculty and in the school knows if you're trying to get in contact with me or, or Mrs. Sue in the mornings, you're, you're probably not going to because it's a live newsroom. <laughs> the live show in the morning is definitely... If you're going to start off, I would tell you not to start off doing a live show. <laughs> I would tell you start somewhere else. But what's funny, I'll tell you something what's funny. Next year, here's a little sneak peek at, at CCNN. We are going to start doing a weekly show as well. We are going to start, for the first time ever, uh, creating The Voyage. So once a week, we are going to produce a weekly recap of everything that happened at Christopher Columbus High School, besides our da live daily show. All right. So uh, your live daily show, so you're talking about how you guys, you cover world events, national events. Um, what's the balance between that and, and school events? And Or are you going to keep your live show, uh, you know, are you going to maybe have that focus a little bit more on, on big news events and are you going to turn your weekly show into focusing more on school events? How's the balance and of coverage that you're going to do? I never make any commitments to anything because I kind of like to be like fluid, you know, like we'll go with the flow, whatever's working at that time. Let's go with it. Um, in the mornings, if it's something that's national, that's relevant to students, we definitely air it because, you know, United States having trade disputes with the Canada, most kids don't care. You know what I'm saying? But um, Donald Trump meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un about nuclear denuclearization of North Korea, kids might want to know about that, you know, because that's kind of major news. So depending on what kind of news it is, that's how we cover it. We definitely try to cover all of our, our, our school news first and foremost. That takes precedent on our live daily show. Um, school sports always come first, school news, all that stuff. But then we kind of finish off with something on the local or national level. Um, the weekly show, honestly, I think more than ever, it's going to be just practice for crazy eights. <laughs> I think that's what they're doing it for. Um, they, the kids, uh, they want to be able to do that blindly without even stressing it. So they figured if they do a weekly show once a week, by the time they have to get down to eight hours, um, they're just going to, it's going to be second nature to them. So that's more, that, that, that weekly show is going to be very, I don't know what it is yet. We're, we'll figure it out probably by December. <laughs> uh, I'll figure it out. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that tends to be my approach as well. I, I like to be fluid. You just you just never know in a given year the chemistry of kids. There, there's just every year I've come in and there are certain things I never would have expected would have happened that year or would have um, that we would have gotten coverage of or short films that I never had expected would have been made. But you know, just that that's what my kids ended up going towards and wanting to do. And um, so each year, yeah, it. it you kind of have to realize that each year with, with the new batch of students, you know, a quarter of your students are new every year. Um, yep. it, the chemistry of the campus, the chemistry of your classes is, is always just going to evolve and, and be different. You, you, know, you, you know, your school and West Broward are the two reasons why my kids want to build a film program at CCNN. I don't even know how to start that. So <laughs> we're, I'm trying to find a film teacher that wants to just take it over because I don't think I could do both. But uh, we look at your films and we're in awe, man. You guys do some great work. So congrats to that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I um I I've had some really great students the past few years that just have really been into it that have just really had a grasp. I, I think with filmmaking it's you can't teach filmmaking as as well as you can teach broadcast as much. I mean, I feel like with filmmaking it's it's just the kids innate creativity there because it's their stories. Like they have to have the idea for the story. 
Um, they have to have an interest in making that story uh, happen, and um, you know, so uh, it's, it is a totally different ball game. It's really hard to, to teach. You kind of just have to like say, here, go make something, and just yeah, kind of see um, what they do. But but thanks for that. Um, how does your class? How would you say you guys impact your school campus as a whole? Like, how you know? How does the broadcast? Um, play a role in the, the general culture and, and, and what sort of effects do you think you guys have and, and influence that you have on the, um, the day-to-day uh, educational experience that the students at your school, um, you know, uh, kind of what they, they do on a daily basis? Okay, so that's kind of two questions. Uh, the first one I'm going to answer is how we uh, affect the day-to-day education. Um, we try to incorporate a lot of different subjects into our broadcast, especially Spanish. Being in South Florida... <laughs> Uh, we're very Hispanic, um, so we sell advertisements for our show, and I'm always looking for Spanish commercials. Spanish teachers love it at our school because they kind of quiz the kids on what our commercials were about. Um, I encourage my kids to go out and do Spanish packages, just you know, completely Spanish-based. Um, I think selling yourself as a bilingual reporter or a bilingual journalist is a huge advantage to have. Um, so definitely with the Spanish department, um, I, I work with them closely, um, drama department and, 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 and the, the actors in the school, they like being part of CCNN because of the fact that they get to be on air more and they get to put on a different persona. Uh, my weatherman, Raul, he's, <laughs> I love the kid. He's one of our best actors and he figures that the weather is just his minute and a half of being on air and improv and doing improv, you know, and he does it great. Um. So the educational part of it, it's kind of like very cross-curricular, you know, like if, if, a, if a teacher wants to do, for example, uh, the NASA launch this year with some of our biology teachers, um, they were like, oh, can we have some CCNN kids cover this? And I was like, yeah, and then we could, the, the, the package could be aired in your class and you could use that as, as a learning experience. So I'm very, I'm very much about teaching with the other teachers at Columbus and, and, and doing a lot of cross-curricular stuff with them. The other question that you asked about the culture, I'm proud to say that for the first time, I think in the school's history, uh, Columbus alumni could hold, hang their hat on something that's not a sport. You know, when, when they're out there talking about it, it's just not, oh, we, had, we have such a great baseball team or basketball team or football team. Now they're out there like, oh, but our news program is nationally recognized and stuff. So it, it, the school has something else to be proud about that's not athletics, which I think is very important because, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I love athletics and I'm a big sports guy at Columbus and, and you know, just a sports guy in general. But I'm proud to say that because of the program, we have something else to, to, to be proud of as explorers. Awesome. Do you find that the, the students at your school, um, you know, just because it's a, it's a daily show, it's just it's a part of their everyday routine. They see you guys in your broadcast, even though you guys win a ton of national awards and, and you know, produce a great product. Do the students at your school take that for granted each and every morning? Um, you know, when I was talking with Ben Barnholt over at, at Whitney High School, he'd say, how, you know, there's some things that the students wouldn't pay attention to at all. And then, you know, maybe sport highlights would come up and they that, that would really grab their attention. Um, and I've even told my students, look, you know, when you watch, when we sit and watch something from another school, we'll sit and go, wow, that's amazing. But there are kids at that school that see that every single morning and they just kind of, you'll know, probably go eh, and, and treat it the same way that you We'll see some of your friends. You know, treat our broadcast each morning. Um, do, you, do you guys get that at, at Christopher Columbus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's there's there's no re- there's there's a reason why sports is always the last segment on our show because we want to make people watch everything else that we're doing 
to actually, you know, get to the point. The, the, all the kids in Columbus, was, they want to know, hey, I hit that home run, look at me on, on TV, you know, that, that, that's what they want. Um, but uh, they do like our, 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 our feature packages. We've gotten that. So I've got a lot of the teachers that tell me that, you know, some kids are just never going to pay attention no matter what. But when a feature package comes on, they'll stop and they'll pay attention because we have an interesting story about a student or a teacher or someone in our community that did something kind of amazing. Um, so I just kind of like, I just try to keep it interesting, different, uh, mix it up a lot. Um, sports is always going to be the last thing, but the way the show is built throughout the, the, the meat and potatoes of it, uh, Chrissy and I kind of flip it around to see like if we start off with a feature package, maybe we can hold their attention all the way to sports and then get someone to watch our show the whole way through. But, it's, you know, high school kids are going to be high school kids. Some of them are interested in it. Some of them are not. Half of them are probably doing homework in the, in the middle of our, our, our news program. So, Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's that tends to be the, the high school experience. Um, what, what about for some of the stuff that you guys do that covers, you know, like uh, your world events or, or national events? Um, I, I don't know if you guys do commentaries on a regular basis as part of your broadcast, but, you know, I've seen uh, some of the commentaries that you guys have made for competitions and um, just always thought they were just really well produced and, and very, very well researched. That's the one thing that definitely stands out is the kids you know, really seem to, to do a, a really good amount of research in, into what they're talking about. Um, do things like that that talk about, you know, mature issues uh, uh, tend to, to you know, go off well with the student body or, um, you know, something you know, like a commentary that could be really, really well made and just look really professional um, is that something that you find some of the kids at your campus will will be interested in watching? That's funny that you bring that up. Remember, we're a, we're a private Catholic marriage school, right? So there's a lot of things that my kids produce that never air <laughs> at Columbus because we just can't air them. You know, we will use them for a competition or to get ready for a competition, or some of my kids just might use it for themselves to add it to their demo reels. Um, it's it's. We don't have the liberties that public school kids have. We don't have the right to just say whatever we want and have you know the law backing us up because we give up our rights to be part of that school. Uh, that being said, my kids are not afraid to cover anything. Um, so my kids, I have kids that just kind of like after two years, they're like, man, I want to be a commentary guy. I really think that this is my niche. And I just tell them, you, you got to convince me. And I will argue any, any topic on earth either side like i don't care if i agree with it or something i'll play devil's advocate for anything and usually they'll come up to me and they'll be like hey here's my idea i'm like all right shoot and then they'll shoot and then i'll be like but what about this what about that and then they'll go back to the drawing board and then they'll get more research on it and until they can come back and convince me yeah you know what you're talking about then that's when they can go and, and do their commentary so that's how we kind of cover commentary i'm like you just gotta convince me on what you're trying to trying to sell be a salesman you know and then the production value that's just that's just creativity and, and, and spitballing. Um, we have once a month um, a creative content meeting. Like, hey, what, what, what are we going to cover this month at CCNN? And I have a creative content manager that his job is just to bring ideas. I think we should cover this idea. I think we should just cover this. And the kids kind of go back and forth and they're like, oh, I could do that into a commentary. Or, man, that would be a real cool documentary. Or that would be a great feature package. And then they all get assigned their stories. And then they, they just know they have to finish it off within the month. And it's just a lot of, our journalism class is a lot of just people screaming back and forth and throwing ideas around and, oh man, this would be so cool. Why don't you do this? And it's, you know, four kids might be working on it and four kids might get the credit for it, but that was really like a group effort of just people throwing ideas at them and seeing what sticks. So Awesome. All right. I want to start to kind of uh, wrap this up here, but I do want to talk about 
uh, one other uh, uh, item here that I think could be beneficial to teachers. Can you tell us a bit about maybe like some frustrations that you guys have had to overcome, uh, whether it's recently or, or whether it was years ago? Um, but you know, with any success, there, there's definitely frustrations along the way. There are obstacles to overcome. There are um, areas or, or times when you don't succeed like you want. Um, and it can be, you know, maybe even disheartening to, to the kids. Um, you know, how do you deal with, or I, I guess, what frustrations have you guys dealt with, um, you know, either recently or, or, you know, over the last handful of years? Um, and, and how have you dealt with those frustrations and, and overcome them? It's simple for us. I'll tell you what it is. Um, we're a private school. And we are, uh, we are, we are, we got a reputation without being even known who we are. So a lot of people just think we're a bunch of rich kids. That's not true. Um, Columbus is the, the cheapest tuition in, in South Florida. Uh, a lot of them are middle class kids that their parents are working two jobs to try to put them in Columbus. So we, we I wouldn't say we take offense to it, but the fact that people are just like, oh, you're good because you're a private school and you get whatever you want. And that's not really the truth. I think the only thing the school has given us um, is our studio. You know, my kids sell ads, they fundraise, they raise all their money for their equipment to travel to STN. They, they, they really kill themselves to try to get all this stuff that we have. And people just diminishing them and their talent and their hard work to, oh, you're good because you're a private school, that hurts. Um, and a lot of the times when I tell my kids when we go to FSPA and we go to STN, I tell them, this is your job to break other people's idea of what we are, who we are. If anyone ever just get, like just give us gives us a shot and talks to us and actually listens to what we're saying, a lot of the times the perspective it, it changes. They're like, man, Columbus is not CCNN is not what I thought it was. These kids are they're just real hard workers and they're talented because they 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 do the work, they put the work in. So that's the biggest frustration. Um, for me as a teacher, I'll tell you the, the hardest thing that I had to deal with is um, the competition takes over as adults. <laughs> and I don't know if you, you've, you and I talk all the time in FSPA and, and through Twitter and stuff like that. I want to bring journalism up and I don't even care if it's not my kids. I'll help out any school. I'll help out anybody bring their program up. Because I know how difficult it was for me when I first started and nobody was helping me because they didn't want me to get better because then they saw it as, oh, this is someone else competing against me. This is my message to anyone that's listening to this. Just, you are going to go a lot farther helping other programs out and getting them better than you are by treating them as your enemies and not helping them out because the more we help out and work with each other, the better all of our programs get. And I really, really believe that. Um, I just w wish that the whole competition side of it can kind of go away sometimes and we can just help bring our kids up to make journalism in Florida, California, Hawaii, wherever we're at, just better in, in general. You know, I, I, I'm definitely a firm believer in that myself. I, you know, that's why I want my program involved with things like the Florida Scholastic Press, uh, the National Scholastic Press, the Student Television Network, because I want my kids... Um, in that community, I want my kids, you know, not, not just in competitions, but, but I want them to, to meet kids from other schools um, and to just be aware of what these other schools are doing. And I think that can make us all collectively um, better. Uh, if there's someone out there that's, that's holding out and being a part of an organization, they're just like, well, I don't, you know, it's, 
cost money, don't necessarily see the value in it. Um, what would you say to convince them to, hey, you know, join an organization, get your program involved with a community? What would you say to convince them to do that? Um, I've actually done it um, with Gulliver Academy down here and uh, uh, Archbishop McCarthy up in Broward. Um, I got them to join FSPA. Um, I told them, listen, you're, you're going to go up there and you're just going to learn. You're going to learn. Um, Gulliver went up there with just their teachers and they came back there and they're like, man, we did, this is so cool. Our kids are going to really enjoy this. Uh, and I was like, yeah. And then the teacher community, I, I think the, the whole community of competition has gotten a lot better since since you and I kind of joined FSPA the last couple of t- years. Um, we're we're kind of like more friendly with each other now than it was when I first started. Um, and and, I, and the, the teacher at McCarthy she took her kids up there and, you know, you know, first year up there, they, they didn't do that well. But she was like, the kids came back like they wanted to come back and, and, and start working at it for the next year, the day we got back. And I would just tell you, man, competition is great. It's a great motivator for kids. Um, it definitely works at Columbus. But the camaraderie and, and, and knowing uh, kids from other schools and, and getting like my kids have a group, ch- group chat with just the kids from West Broward. <laughs> and they just kind of chat with each other and throw ideas back and forth with each other. And these are two, I, I mean, top programs in South Florida, and they help each other out. And, they, you know, we compliment each other. We cheer each other on when we win awards. And it, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we want to win and do well. But just because I do well doesn't mean that you can't do well, you know. So I think it brings, that community really helps your kids grow. And also the networking is amazing, man. Like, some of my kids have gone to college and they, they immediately, when they're in class and they see a kid from another school from FSPA and they tag team each other because they know, man, we're going to do this better because we have already competed against each other and I know what you're capable of and you know what I'm capable of. So it's great. It's, it's great networking. It's great learning experience. I just, I love the community that we, we, we belong to. Yeah, you guys just did a, um, and forgive me if, if you guys weren't a part of this, and I, I, I know I saw this on Twitter. Um, you guys just had like an officer social uh, with a few of the schools. Um, yeah. in your area that, that just seemed really cool. Tell us about that really quick. Uh, Pichardo from CTV, who is, uh, one of the funniest human beings you'll ever meet. Uh, he got together with, uh, Eric Gardner from Stoneman Douglas. We actually have a teacher chat. <laughs> it's just a bunch of us and it's probably super inappropriate for kids to ever see and stuff, but it's fun. It's, it's a, it's a lot of venting. It's a lot of just sanity. It's just us being sane with each other. Um, and, and speaking from the heart and we decided, man, it would be cool if all of our officers, got together and went bowling. And uh, it was American Heritage, um, Cooper City, Stoneman Douglas, Cypress Bay, Terravella. Um, if I missed any other schools, I'm sorry. It was just, and it was a Friday night. We all went bowling. We had some food. We had pizza. And all the officers got to just mix and meet with each other and just kind of build that, you know, I, I told my kids, I got to walk it like I talk it. And, 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 you know, that was a great opportunity for them to meet other kids from other programs. And I, we took... We drove up to Broward. It was about a 45-minute hour drive, but I knew that you know they were going to do that, and I wanted them to be part of it. And it was real cool, real cool experience. Yeah, that, I, that's something that to any new program, that's something that I always, um, not, not, that, not that I get asked this very often, but something that I would tell the, someone who's kind of in a, a new program to definitely do is, is try to build up the local area. You know, make sure that the schools around you, um, that you're in community with them because – their program doing better is going to help your program do better because if kids see work from a school that they grew up hearing about, like if it's a you know a high school that they are very familiar with that name of and they see their their work, they'll know that well if they're capable of doing that, you know I can certainly uh, achieve that as well. 
Um, and so that's something I, you know, I've always believed in as well. So I just thought that was a, a cool thing that you guys uh, got to do and um, something I, you know, that, that I would like to, you know, think would be cool if I could get uh, my district to, to try to do as well. Sure. Um, all right. So Omar, if people want to check out uh, your stuff from your class, um, you've got ccnnlive.com. Uh, tell us about the website and, and how people can check out some of your guys' work. Yeah. So if you want to check us out, ccnnlive.com, that's all of our work from freshmen to seniors. So you'll see a variety, a range of uh, excellent work to beginner's work. Um, I make my kids, uh, Christy and I make our kids do a package and they have to write a print story with every package just to help them, you know, work on their, their, their writing. Um, and also CCNLive.tv, that's where we do all of our live broadcasts. So if you want to see our show or any of our sporting events, you go to CCNLive.tv and you can check us out there. Very cool. Uh, all right, and the final question uh, that I ask everybody is uh, when you get uh, asked what do you do for a living and you explain, well, I'm a high school broadcast advisor, uh, what, uh, well, I guess first of all, how, how do you answer that question? Uh, you know, if you're trying to elaborate on what you do, how would you tell people what you do and then what kind of response do you tend to get in return? I tell them I work in the greatest place on earth. I love, I love my school, man. It's my second home. Uh, it was one of the prerequisites when I told my wife when we were going to get married, I told her, I'm going to spend a lot of time in my job, and she's cool with it. She kind of builds it. Um, when I tell people I'm a TV teacher, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I teach television and film production. I also teach history, but, you know, what I really am passionate about is a TV. And they're like, what's that about? And then, man, I can go hours talking about it because I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just explain to them. I tell them how we travel and how we compete and how I get to see the country uh, just doing this and I tell them how much fun it is, and a lot of times people are like, "Man, that's so cool." And then, uh, you know, I show them some of our work and stuff. It's just, it's fun. It's a lot of people don't realize that this is something that you could do, but when they they see what we do and we they see the quality of work that they do, I, I hope they're impressed by it. Oh, I know, I definitely am, and and my kids uh, definitely are. Um, when we watched one of, uh, uh, I think we watched the 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 sports uh, the STN Challenge sports feature that you guys did. Um, cause I, I love that contest. I love the STN challenges because it gives you something early in the year, not just for your kids to do, but then something by, you know, late October, you know, you've got people who post their, their entries online and you can go online and see, uh, you know, some really great stuff. And I think we watch your guys' sports feature and it's just like, oh my gosh, like this, this coverage is just fantastic. Um, I love that segment and, uh, you know, I, we de- definitely try to show my kids some of, uh, what you guys do as often as I can. Yeah. Thanks. Well, we do the same. I, I pick from your school all the time. I'm on I'm on the the Twitter and, and YouTube like a hawk, and I I watch everyone's programs and and I encourage the people to reach out, man. I saw, for example, uh, Blake High School up in Tampa, Sean Phillips. Him and I are boys now. We became friends because I saw his work and I just sent him a, a DM on Twitter. I was like, man, you guys do great work. Congratulations! And now Sean and I are friends. And just because I reached out to him and he, you know, he kind of throws questions to me and I, you know go back and forth with him. So it's great. It's, it's that community that we were talking about. Yeah, they've produced some great segments. I think we saw their sports feature back in the fall as well. And, um, and I really like the story that they told and, and thought that it was just a, a really uh, uh, a great approach to, to the, the, the prompt that they were given. Um, and I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, I think that, you know, that seems like one that, that should place, and then it didn't. It was like, what? How did that not place? But, but they did win best in the state for that, so... Um, yeah, definitely. So, well, Omar, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. I had a, I had a ball. I love doing this. And again, if anyone ever has any questions, 
CCNN Live at ColumbusHS.com. I will be more than happy to sit down and have a conversation with anybody um, that wants help in uh, what they're doing. Fantastic. Uh, Omar, enjoy your summer. Uh, hopefully you've got some uh, plans to rest, relax, and do some fun stuff. And, uh, you know, cheer on the Florida State softball team, which is tonight at the time that we're recording. That's uh, that They'll play for the championship tonight. So, uh, you know, you and I are both Florida State fans. So uh, go, go Knowles on that. But Go Knowles. All right, man. Have a have a great one, great summer, and I'll catch you. Uh, I'll, I'll see you, I guess, next spring at uh, one of the conventions. For, for sure, man. Nice talking to you. And that was my conversation with Omar Delgado from Christopher Columbus High School. Uh, at some point down the road, I do hope to bring Christina on the show and, and give you all her approach to their program. Uh, I really want to encourage you all to check out their website at ccnnlive.com. There's so much great to- great content for uh, your students to see. Um, I highly recommend perusing their work. And don't hesitate to take Omar up on that offer for advice or or feedback and reach out to him. I know he's serious about that. Uh, One thing that we talked about that, interestingly enough, you'll hear addressed in my next episode uh, was the issue of of getting your student body to watch and and give their attention to your broadcast. Um, We kind of discussed that as as an issue that we've both observed. And my guest next week is Don Goble of Ledoux High School in St. Louis, Missouri. I just talked with him and he discussed the exact same issue uh, and how he realized it was making for a negative experience for his students and so he adapted his program accordingly. So tune in next week for for his response to that. Uh, Until then, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Share it with your colleagues. It doesn't take much to just send a couple emails to other teachers in your district so that they know these discussions are available for them to listen to. Um, Send me your feedback or suggestions uh, that you might have to they teach that at gmail.com. Um, please don't hesitate if you have any ideas, uh, just any thoughts or, or anything that you think could be done better about this, um, just send me that email. They teach that at gmail.com. And that's it for this week. So, summer movie se- season is in full swing. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for some dinosaur craziness with Jurassic World. I know the reviews for it aren't that great, but little fun fact about me I was just a total geek for Jurassic Park uh, when I was a kid. Uh, particularly as I got in, went into middle school. Um, I think the soundtrack was the uh, third CD that I ever owned, and you better believe that I listened to it in the car all the time. Uh, I read the novels when I was in seventh grade, and so I'm definitely uh, going to be catching this movie for sure. And I hope that you all are finding some time for summer escapism at the box office. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite things about this time of year. So, all right, I'll catch you guys back here next week.